Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to the penultimate episode of the September series, which is about new beginnings. I am here to tell you that I'll be taking the month of October off from the podcast as it is my birthday month, my turn around the sun, particularly significant birthday this year, and I want to be able to be present with it and to observe the shifting of seasons in this new place that I find myself in, both existentially and geographically. So I will resume in November with a new series, which I will announce soon. But for now, we can focus on September and orienting ourselves in the here and now. Currently, it is still warm in New York, although the heat does feel like it's broken a bit. It's absolutely beautiful outside. And yet, all around me, I can feel the energy of people readying themselves for what comes next. Which is startling, even though seasons are cyclical, they happen every year, but also after the wholehearted presence that so overtook New York City this summer following the pandemic. It feels startling, but it also feels right. Today we're going to be looking at another really interesting interpretation of starting anew in a poem by Charlotte Pence called As a Child You Worried You Would Be an Orphan. We're going to talk about it, look at the lines, discuss how we can bring them into our own work, and read it again, and then I will send you on your way. So, without further ado, As a child, you worried you would be an orphan, by Charlotte Pence. Now in your fifties, the parents have passed to that passive phrase, that elusive place. The branches you bent to find your way home have disappeared, taken by blight or overgrowth. With the grinning blade of the butcher knife, you lean into the proverbial forest, worry not how you will eat, but how to hunger. You start by building a lean-to, discover that perfect branch you mistake for the forest welcoming you. Survival, a man once said, depends on the clear-cutting everything thicker than your thumb, thinner than your wrist. Surprise what's coming, sun what's fruiting. Instead, you slingshot stones at storm clouds also thickening in the middle with age. Pickle yourself with tannic acorns until teeth crumb into orange dust. Raise your ankles with maps of yesterday. Like now and its friend, then, you avoid thinking of your parents, tucking you in with the advice, everything will be alright. You know they didn't believe their words, yet you repeat them like a cardinal's churlish chirp. You follow the impulse that lures you to bird call and green leaf, to lean-tos and top chop-downs, to ivy and itch, 
It's the same instinct that has always throbbed. Eat, write, move, love, fight, until you join them. Okay, so again, like the 17-year-old in the gay bar, this is an interesting poem for the theme of September. And you might be wondering why it is that I chose a poem that seems to be talking about parental grief and loss and mortality and use it to talk about this season. Tomorrow is the equinox, the fall equinox. It is said that you can balance an egg on the ground in the equinox. I have never tried it. Tomorrow would be the opportunity to, though. And yet, this is a poem that seems to be about loss. I would argue that this is a poem that is about survival and the moving forward. Years ago, Kevin Proofer wrote in in an interview that he had this epiphany while traveling in Rome that Time is like an arrow and it just keeps moving irretrievably forward. And it was the first moment in his life that he realized the passage of time. I remember the exact moment mortality occurred to me. I was rather young. I experienced a lot of loss in early childhood, but I experienced the reality of my own mortality A bit later than experiencing the loss of others, I was 10, visiting friends in Spokane, Washington, and they had just had a baby, and I was sharing a room with the baby, and I was thinking very happily about this sweet child that had just been born, and and then it occurred to me that I was 10 years older than this baby when I still considered myself hardly grown and it all came rushing towards me and I was immobilized by it for a long period after. So this is to say that I think in a culture where we don't do a great job of talking about what comes next, talking about mortality, talking about death and dying, regeneration, that when change happens, it feels like a death. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about how we die many deaths every day, and it's an incredible opportunity each time to practice impermanence, and yet we cling, we attach, we hold on. And I think that's part of the suffering that this poem is grappling with, and I think that's part of the reason why it's a good September poem. It's a good transitional poem between the seasons as we're moving out of one season and into another, and the kind of existential feelings of scarcity or abundance, depending on where you lie in terms of your own weather preferences. As a warm weather person, I often feel scared when the weather starts to turn colder, even though I would say that fall is my favorite season because 
why be a consistent person even in personality and there's a grief that happens that time has passed and maybe you didn't enjoy it or maybe you weren't as present or maybe something even if you had a very satisfactory time maybe something this poem is written all in one stanza it is written as a series of sentences uh, quite a bit of end stopping until we get to about the last, let's see, three, six, nine, eleven lines in the poem that are all enjammed from pickle yourself with tannic acorns until teeth... Actually, sorry. Like now and its friend then, you avoid thinking of your parents tucking you in with the advice, everything will be alright. You know they didn't believe their words, yet you repeat them like a cardinal's churlish chirp. You follow the impulses that lure you to bird call and green leaf to lean-tos and chomp-downs to ivy and itch. It's the same instinct that has always throbbed. Eat, write, move, love, fight until you join them. So what's interesting about that shift, the moment that this moves into having lines that are all enjammed all the way to the end, is we move into... We move away from... The first part of the poem, which is an orientation. Now in your 50s, the parents have passed to that passive phrase, that elusive place. Here are all the things that are different, right? Um, Then we have this Volta. Survival, a man once said, depends on clear-cutting everything thicker than your thumb, thinner than your wrist. Then we move into the imperative. Surprise what's coming, son what's fruiting. And then what, what someone chooses instead of those commands. Instead, you slingshot stones at storm clouds, also thickening at the middle with age. Pickle yourself with tannic acorns until teeth crumb into orange dust. Raise your ankles with maps of yesterday. Those are the futile actions that one takes in order to try to stop time or to change things to be hubristic. You could sun what's fruiting, you could surprise what's coming, but instead you try to change the weather by throwing stones at the clouds. You pickle yourself, which could arguably be a comment on the beauty industry. You cut maps of what has already happened into your actual flesh. Then you avoid thinking of your parents tucking you in with the advice, everything will be alright. And the response from the speaker, which is written as you, this second person, which implicates us, the reader, into this, another kind of grieving, another kind of breaking into a different sort of space that's highly personal, is this idea of moving irretrievably forward like an arrow like Kevin Poofer talks about and then even though you pickle yourself even though you throw stones at storm clouds even though you razor your ankles with the maps of yesterday you still follow the impulses that led you forward as a child 
And it's the same instinct that also pushes you to eat and write and move and love and fight. These, these very necessary components of ourselves until you join them. Meaning until you die, right? Another reason why I think this is a good poem for September in the grief of transition is also the origin story and the reclamation of an origin story. We spoke last week in the discussion about the 17-year-old in the gay bar about this idea of being reborn, this idea of starting over at the top of a school year. And here we have a kind of starting over after the death of parents who helped form the original understanding of identity. So what we can use about this for our own work, my dear readers, is to think about your origin story. We've certainly talked a little bit about that in this podcast, the idea of an origin story or a personal mythos. But here you can use it to think about what age you are now, or a speaker, it doesn't have to be autobiographical, could be imagined. The speaker is, and the loss that they've experienced, what they've tried to do to trespass against that loss or change it, what their advice to themselves would be or the advice of somebody else would be, written in imperative, and then what happens anyway. And that could be a kind of formula, right? Another opportunity you could take to learn from this poem from a craft perspective is what does it mean to have a long stanza, one-line stanza poem that is half or three-quarters really and stopped and the rest of the way in jammed? What does that do for pacing? You can take a poem that you've already written and edit it thusly, or you could write a new one with just those strategic craft elements in mind. So, I'm going to read this one more time and say some sweet parting words to you and wish you a happy, happy equinox, whether it is the spring or the fall. As a child, you worried you would be an orphan. Now in your fifties, the parents have passed through that passive phrase, that elusive place. The branches you bent to find your way home have disappeared, taken by blight or overgrowth. With the grinning blade of the butcher knife, you lean into the proverbial forest, worry not how you will eat, but how to hunger. You start by building a lean-to, discover that perfect branch you mistake for the forest welcoming you. Survival, a man once said, depends on the clear-cutting everything thicker than your thumb, thinner than your wrist. Surprise what's coming, sun what's fruiting. Instead, you slingshot stones at storm clouds, also thickening in the middle with age. Pickle yourself with tannic acorns until teeth crumble into orange dust. Raise your ankles with maps of yesterday. Like now when it's friend then, you avoid thinking of your parents tucking you in with the advice, everything will be alright. 
You know they didn't believe their words, yet you repeat them like a cardinal's churlish chirp. You follow the impulse that lures you to bird call and green leaf, to lean twos and chop downs, to ivy and itch. It's the same instinct that has always throbbed. Eat, write, move, love, fight, until you join them 